Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode in 2022 the Together for Equality podcast. A podcast created to provide insights and sharing ideas on how to build a more inclusive and equal society, be better professionals and build greater organizations. My name is Diana Simões, I am a first year master's student at Catholica Lisbon and I wish you all a wonderful semester. To celebrate the International Day of Women and Girls in Science, today's episode we have a very special guest, Eunice da Silva. A very warm welcome to you and thank you for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you, Diana. Before we go deep with today's topic, uh, I would like to start with a little ritual. At the end of each podcast episode, our guest asks a question related to equality to our next guest. In our last episode, we spoke with Ramilia Bakieva about Uyghurs. And since we know our worldview is built during our childhood, the question she left for you is how can we ensure children understand the concept of gender equality and later perform it appropriately? Hi, Diana. Before to, to answer your question, uh, uh, thank you for the invitation to, to be here today to, to talk about equality in science. And related to the question that uh, the, the last person uh, left to me, I have to say that uh, uh, the only way that we can ensure uh, is in our hands, no? is uh, in my hands, it's in your hands, it's in the hands of the society. It's not, uh, I think that is uh, 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 our behavior and our attitudes that uh, shows um, how we should or not uh, do um, in our society. So I think that the, the, the children need to grow in this environment to show what is equality. If yeah. they if they they are just seeing more about different people having different rights in the society, you will see that this is a, a normal scenario and instead of uh, to be more equality. So I think it, it is in our hands. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I agree with what you just said. I believe you can provide the kid with the right tools. You can educate and have an open dialogue about it. And that should be fine. But also in the end, it's up to the kid when he grows up and makes his own uh, decisions. Uh, but let's leave that hard and long discussion, <laughs> discussion for another day and move on to today's topic. And I would like to ask you uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, about your academic and professional path. So uh, about my education or academic, uh, um, let's say, well, I, I have a graduation in pharmacy in the School uh, of Health of Technology of Coimbra. Uh, later, I, I did a specialization, uh, master specialization at the University of uh, Coimbra. And then I move on on the uh, PhD in pharmaceutical chemistry uh, in Spain actually uh, was a European PhD under supervision of uh, University of Oxford, but was mainly performed in uh, University of Basque Country. So in terms of uh, experience or professional life, um, during my 10 years of experience uh, in both academia and pharmaceutical industry, 
uh, I have been uh, I have been involved uh, in, in the very broad uh, picture uh, involving all the the research and the commercial phases of uh, the development of new medicines and uh, and uh, of course from the research to to go to into the market uh, so i have been involved in all the process you've worked in several countries right or yes so i have uh, I, I started my career in portugal then i moved to spain then i moved to the netherlands uh, a little bit, uh, I went to a little bit more north in Denmark, and now I'm a little bit down again uh, in Switzerland. Okay, I mean, wow, and it's only in 10 years. <laughs> but um, in 2019, the UNESCO Institute for Statistics released a fact sheet about women in science, which I quote, uh, overall, women account for a minority of the world's researchers, and despite the growing demand for cross-nationally comparable statistics on women in science, national data and their use in policy making often remain limited. Uh, you told me you worked in several uh, companies in different countries, and my question for you is if you felt this gender gap, and I'm also thinking about leadership positions. It's a good question because i think that i'm a lucky person and uh, i don't know if it reflects the reality uh, what i can say that science in the pharmacy world uh, actually there is more human scientists than uh, men scientists so and even in the worst scenario it was very 50 to 50. So I have uh, uh, work in the groups that were completely uh, women, just one man, uh, or even 50-50, but, but the majority of, uh, of the scientists playing in the, in the pharmaceutical companies is, I can say, but yeah, 50-50, but I believe that is around 80%. Looking for the higher positions, I can see during these 10 years that the scenario has been um, moving. So I can see a lot of human getting uh, higher positions on the companies, the higher. So nowadays I have been already in two, three companies that the CEOs are human and I have in all my career, I had like 50-50% um, my managers, women and uh, men, but uh, I don't feel, feel in, any, in any case that uh, this gap. But of course, if we move on on just chemistry or just engineer, probably the scenario will be different. So I think that is a, you also can see when you are students now, when you are students, uh, how is your uh, um, uh, colleagues? Uh, so when I studied pharmacy, I had in my class, if I'm not wrong, three uh, boys. So the rest were human. So that is normal that we can see more human scientists in pharmacy than, than yeah. men. But of course, I, I, I'm, 
I'm aware that is not the reality in other fields of science. <laughs> okay, and, and do you feel that, that issue was at any point a priority? Like a priority to, to have more human? To have a more equilibrium between uh, gender. It is difficult uh, uh, to know. Of course, nowadays, it, it, this is a, a fashion uh, thing, no? to, to be more equality. So in all job advertisements, you always see a statement uh, in, in, uh, in the bottom of the advertisement that uh, equal opportunities has, uh, will be applied in terms of gender, uh, race, and so on. So I believe that they apply this in front and but not officially we don't know if they do this or not but i believe that some of the companies have some uh, quotations to say that this uh, this year we will try to to hire more human or men but um, officially we don't know about these numbers if they want yeah. to keep or sometimes what i have been seen that there is a lack of scientists in, in the pharmaceutical companies. So sometimes they just grab the first one that is applying. So yeah, it depends on all the situations, but I think that nowadays you can see equality. And okay. um, yeah. That's very good to hear. Um, and not only you represent the minority group due to gender, uh, you also worked abroad for many years. So um, what were the main difficulties you faced? Was it hard to be heard, to, to prove a point and feel that your ideas were valued because you were not, you were a foreigner or something like this? Well, th there is difficulties, of course, because it's different countries, different culture, but I'm not saying that is related to be a woman. Uh, I think that is more related to be a foreign, but it's not just because, uh, yeah, I think that is the same when someone abroad comes to Portugal and you have to to learn the, a new culture to, to, to be able to adapt to the new culture. And sometimes it's a difficulty because you don't know nothing about the culture or even if you know, you, you, you never were in the real situation to, to, to uh, there, uh, living there. So sometimes what is normal for me is not normal for the other culture. So the difficulties comes from that point. And sometimes uh, you also ask if it was hard to listen to me. Uh, yes. I, I think it was not because of the cultures. It is sometimes just about people. Sometimes ju just talking about in Portugal, no? Uh, we are, I'm Portuguese, you are Portuguese, but we are different of each other, no? We have different point of views. So uh, sometimes I, I'm not uh, like uh, a very communicative person and not uh, a person that can uh, um, be heard but it's not just because I'm foreign or it's just because of my personality. doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it is the only difficulties that uh, I, I have been facing because it's a complete environment. If it, it was in Portugal, I know how to behave because I know a little bit more how I can handle with some situation. 
to living abroad, it is completely different because we don't know the country, we don't know the, the people, sometimes we don't know the languages. So I, I was in, in the countries that I didn't know the language, so everything is another language uh, just to express yourself. Uh, I'm not saying in terms of uh, a work environment because the work environment uh, in these international companies, uh, English is the, is the main language. So I don't feel hard or difficulties in, in, the, in the work environment, uh, but in, in your life after, after work. But uh, yeah, I think that is the main difficulties. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, to be a woman was difficult for me to get a job or to be included okay. in something. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And was your work environment then diverse in terms of, I don't know, race, ethnicity, and uh, out of curiosity with people with disabilities? Because the more diverse yeah. the work environment gets, I mean, the better maybe to, to feel that the credibility people give you for being different. I mean, it's bigger, the more diverse the culture is. I think, uh, yes. And uh, of course, the uh, all the environments that I have been working is a really international environments. Of course, you have more percentage from the country, Percy, uh, that uh, I was working. But of course, you have a huge uh, uh, diversity uh, of people from, I'm not saying just from Europe, but also from Japan, from China, from India, the, from USA, that uh, all of them has different uh, ways and behavior. So uh, I can see uh, I, I, I work it in the really different uh, environments. So, and not just about race or ethnicity, I'm talking also about uh, of people with uh, disabilities. Uh, I work with people with mental or motor uh, uh, disabilities. I also had uh, um, a colleague, a, a deaf colleague, and uh, all the companies, I, I don't know the reality in Portugal because I had a short experience there on my started career and I cannot compare. But uh, in all environments that uh, I, and all the companies that uh, uh, I was working, uh, all of them has some people with disabilities and uh, they was supernatural to adapt the, the rule and the, condition, the conditions for the person to work. Um, and I'm not saying just the people that, that uh, has uh, disabilities, but for example, in case of, uh, uh, of me that I had the surgery and the company adapt the chair or the table uh, to be able to, to start it to, to work. So um, uh, I can say that uh, uh, well, actually when you are starting to, to make me these questions was not questions that um, yeah i know that they they are the reality in nowadays but actually uh, in in the places that i have been uh, i i didn't feel that so i okay. think that i'm a lucky person when yes. uh, there are people very activists to to fight uh, about equality about uh, uh, and actually i never felt that and uh, so I think that I'm a really lucky person. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> and for example, with the deaf um, person, how was the daily work with her? Was super normal because uh, actually we we knew and she could. Uh, uh, for us, of course, we don't know the um, how to say this. Uh, uh, just wow language. I don't know if yeah. in English uh, we we say like that, but. <laughs> um, so she could uh, read our lips so when we were talking we were talking in slowly and more with movement in our lips and in case of meetings uh, of the company uh, they hired a person to translate to, to her uh, what w was discussed and the other way around if she had some question to, to put on the table so it was very easy in yeah. that way those are extremely valuable examples and I, I also believe not many people have the opportunity to work in such a cultural and diverse environments and uh, what I wanted to ask you next is what are then the main barriers to increase diversity and how to foster this culture because uh, personally I believe in the power of education and how good it is to live our comfort zone and accept the difference with respect but how do you do it then within an organization because you told me it was super natural for you but i don't think that for the majority it is a normal thing to have this uh, diverse environment well i think that is the key i think that if we take the disability as something normal they don't need a special uh, attention they just need the uh, the environment to be adapt to be a, and they can perform naturally so as i always uh, have uh, i was in companies no that um, takes these cases has um, so natural so they are just people no that uh, needs to adapt something to uh, to be able to perform the the, the work, no. Yeah. So it was so natural. Was not. Um, uh, I never saw any problems uh, or something that they were creating has a problem or uh, a difficulty to to have that persons on places. And actually, the those persons were the most creative and also uh, productive. Uh, in the companies so of course all the rules were adapted to, to that person so you know what they are capable or not but uh, actually i think that is um, that is a, a work uh, i think that is in ourselves no as natural we we face with this kind of disabilities i think that uh, all of us has some disability because uh, I probably I'm better in one thing and you are better in another thing. And probably we don't have these um, visual disabilities uh, or not to listen or cannot talk or I cannot walk. I cannot uh, do something now. But uh, you also have something that you are better than other thing. And sometimes if uh, someone adapt the environment to you, to improve the 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 skill that you perform uh, better, 
I think that uh, is something that uh, you just gain with that, you know. And I think yeah. that the first thing is the how we look, how we look to the other persons. If they are look normal, I don't need to treat anyone who have a disability as a special one. So yeah. it's not because I'm giving them a special table that they are special. No, they are not special. They are people, and uh, we just create the environment the best to 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 them or to us to to be possible to work. I think that is yeah the key. Uh, I think the, yeah it's up to the to our mindset and to the like the how open are the recruiters to change in different. Yes. yes. And uh, actually, nowadays the recruiters. Uh, um or uh, as i said before or probably i'm a really lucky person but uh, i never felt uh, uh, nothing related to to be discriminated someone because uh, he has uh, some disability or about the race uh, nothing it is incredible yeah. when I look back and when someone asks me this, because this is so normal. I have been working with people that just came from Pakistan, from refugees uh, in science. Um, I don't know, uh, just from India. They are a special culture. They have completely different ways of working. I don't know. I have been so lucky to work with so different people. And I'm not saying from different continents. No, even here in Europe, to be working in the North country is completely different to be in the South countries. It seems that we are in the completely different continent because they are really different people. And um, the culture from Netherlands is completely different of the culture from Denmark. They are completely different. So... Um, and uh, sometimes the behavior of the, these people also surprised me because it's not the normal for me, but it's something that you you get used that everyone has uh, is normal. No, I think yeah. that is the point. And uh, if you respect uh, uh, diversities, uh, is something that uh, uh, we can live very happy. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> From Netherlands, uh, uh, I had uh, really close friends and best friends. They are Muslims and uh, they respect my culture and I respect them. And actually, this never came to our conversations. The, the relation was so natural that we never thought that we are, we are different. So it is, um, it is uh, really nice. <laughs> yeah. And what uh, what I have the question I have next for you it goes in the same direction because there's there is plenty of evidence that um, teams that include different kinds of thinkers outperform homogeneous groups in on complex tasks, inclu including improved problem solving, uh, increased innovation, and more accurate prediction. And uh, my last question for you is then, from your perspective, why is diversity beneficial to science? Why? <laughs> well, I think that is really obvious, no? If you are yeah. talking about science, 
So if science is to try to understand it and to discover new things, no? If it is uh, regarding to, to chemistry, is regarding to uh, engineers, so it's just to understand and discover new things, no? And these things will be uh, uh, ben uh, something uh, with benefit to the society, no? So for this, we need creative people, people with different backgrounds that can create different questions, deep, different environments. Uh, actually, it's really funny when um, it's not about culture. Uh, well, th this is also culture. But uh, when you come from uh, different uh, um, uh, countries, but countries with economies also different. I came from Portugal. If I go to the Denmark, they don't know... Um, because they have lots of money. So also the creativity of that people are short because they have money, they can develop fast, but sometimes they are not creative because they have everything. So interesting thing, I never thought about that. Yeah, so if you are aware and to, to aware to also to manage the money invested, they don't need to have in their minds to manage the money. So when you have to manage the money, you need to be more creative in your in your projects. And sometimes, and it's a, a very easy and simple um, uh, example, when you are talking about the PhD. PhD uh, done in Portugal and comparing a PhD done in Denmark, if uh, you cannot imagine uh, a PhD that uh, is done in, in Denmark, uh, it's so easy to do that uh, is easier than the master that I did. What? <laughs> yeah. So uh, sometimes, uh, uh, as I, I said, when you have money, doesn't... Uh, yeah, of course, it's easier for them not to accomplish with the goals because they ha they have money. If they don't have, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, something in the lab, they just wait for the, for the supplier to, to send something for the lab. If you are in Portugal, you just need to be creative because you don't have, it, have money to buy that thing. So you have to do... Even, I don't know, it is very uh, specific terms, but um, a, a chamber for, for a TLC, you know, in that countries, you just buy the chamber. In Portugal, you can use a, a, a glass from the yogurt or something else or for the soluble cafe, and we just adapt for, for, to have that in, in the lab. So, um, so it's something that is also curious because uh, people coming from the poor country are more creative people than from. It is my perspective, but we need both, no? Okay. Because uh, I think that we need both because when you align creativity with money, the technology goes fast, and we can see that. Uh, with going with the vaccines in one year to the market, we can see every less than six months a new phone in the market. So it uh, goes fast and we need 
everyone. <laughs> I yeah. think so. That is the yeah. the lesson that I can take. <laughs> and and maybe it's really that difference on how rich the country is that then helps the the science environment to be so diverse. Actually, I never thought about that, but that's really interesting. And I had no idea that difference on the difficulty of the PhD. It, it from for me it doesn't even make any sense because if it's the same degree how can it be that it's so different but yeah that's another discussion also yes it's day. another discussion but it's uh, mostly of the times the truth if you read a phd thesis from uh, from our country and or even the master thesis of our countries and then if you go for a master or a phd thesis from Uh, other countries will be interesting to analyze how a force a student in Portugal has to do in way to get the title and the ones that uh, are doing in these countries. Okay. But I, I'm not saying that is worse or bad. Uh, it just, uh, yeah, we are talking about equality now. Yeah. So, but uh, I think that uh, we, we will never get equality because we are different. So we need just a reality that can adapt for everyone to be equal. So I have the same opportunities than you, but not, yeah. we don't need to be everyone uh, the same because uh, we will never we will never get. Uh, uh, utopic life no <laughs> so yeah. uh, we are different and this this is what is beautiful no in life yeah. that we are different but once we can get the the balance no uh, i think that is uh, the the key and the the, the the thing that we have to put more efforts no uh, when we are talking about women we are not talking about men and women or a doctor and a domestic person. We are talking about people. And yeah. I think that uh, this is the key. Uh, yeah. When we respect each other, uh, even if you have money, if you don't have money, if you are a doctor, if you are an engineer, you are a Diana, I'm Elisa, and we are human. So yeah, I think that is the point. It's, it's not about the difference, but how do you look at the difference? Yeah, exactly. How you look at someone that is different than you, and yeah, that's uh, a yeah. very interesting insight. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much for all the mm -hmm. the share, and we are reaching the the end of today's episode, unfortunately. Yeah, it was fast. <laughs> yes. Um, before we say goodbye, I would like you to take part in our ritual and ask a question that you would like to see answered by our next podcast podcast guest. Well, this was the worst part to think <laughs> about a question because, um, yeah, we can ask everything now. But uh, if we are talking about the equality, what um, uh, I would like to ask in the hypothetical, or perhaps will be a politician that will be in the next podcast, but I don't know. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> who knows? But in case that you that you were a politician what will be the measures that you 
would propose, I will not say apply because we are a society, but to propose to increase this equality in, in our society. Um, okay. yeah, this is my question. I look forward to the answer our next guest will have. Thank you so much again for your time and inspiring insights. It was a pleasure having you here with us today and I wish you tons of success in the future. Thank you so much. Thank um, you, Diana. And uh, it was uh, my pleasure to be here and to, to be new in this kind of things. So thank you so much for the invitation and I hope that uh, somehow our conversation will inspire another people to to, be, to to play with more equality in the future. I hope so too. <laughs> I hope so too. Our next episode will be online on the 25th of February. And feel free to always reach out to us on our social media accounts. You will find us under the name of Equality in Business on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Looking forward to talking to you in two weeks. And until then... Stay healthy and safe.